Hello and welcome to Down to Earth Convos Down Under, episode 15. In this episode, Ali and I talk about identity theft and protection, and keeping both your social accounts and your finances as safe as possible in the information-driven world we live in. Hey there, Brad. How are you? Hey, Ali. I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm fantastic too. Really good. Excellent. So today, we wanted to talk about protecting your identity, protecting your money online especially. So have a think, how many scammer stories have you heard about in the recent past or a long time ago? And honestly, I'm a bit intrigued because Ali, you chose this topic. And when I first saw it, I was thinking, you know, online identity theft, all this sort of stuff, not online necessarily, but identity theft, hasn't that kind of gone the way of the serial killer in a sense where this was a a really uh, prevalent occurrence in the 60s 70s 80s even a little bit in the 90s but then it really massively dropped off and trended towards zero obviously not at zero there's people who still um, are serial killing there are people who are still uh, getting their identity stolen of course but it seems much less prevalent even though it's more easy now you don't really see that many news articles and stories and things about it so why this topic why now what's your thoughts on that Ali? Okay. Well, that's very interesting that you are intrigued by my topic of today, Brad. I look at, just a reminder for our listeners, parents raising kids, and there could be some grandparents. I'd like to bring them into today's topic as well. Just a reminder that we're on a mission to share lessons they don't teach in school. So I'm wondering in the school system, our school system, in our home, are we speaking about protecting your identity, which is the most valuable asset you have? It's about you. For me, I'm an accountant by profession, so I dot I's, I cross T's. I've been known to be conservative, and sometimes my family might label me as like, oh, my God, mum, you're so paranoid. But I discovered Frank Abagnale, Abagnale some time ago when I was searching on this subject about identity. And for those listeners and viewers that don't know who Frank Abagnale is, he was notoriously famous for the movie Catch Me If You Can, which was Tom Hanks and Leonardo DiCaprio played Frank Abagnale. And Frank Abagnale was an an imposter and and fraudulent. He forged checks back in the 1960s from the age of 15 to 21. So he posed as pilots and doctors, but mainly pilots. And he flew the world and he was a con man. And this is a quote straight from, from Frank. He says it's a thousand times easier today to steal someone's identity than it was back in the 1960s. So you might find that interesting because when you listen to Frank and and he explains why, it makes a lot of sense. And the answer is because of technology. Technology has made it so much easier to con someone out of two things, their information and money. And valuable information for everyone, I really want to get these parents to teach their kids that your name, your address, your date of birth, the place where you were born, your passport, your driver's license, these are these need to be protected. So whenever someone asks you to give up this information, I don't share my information on email because I know emails can be hacked. It's very easy to hack into emails. I'm going to be touching on a few things. Please remind me to talk about hacking into emails and, and how that can help scammers can steal your money that way. 
So I would never scan my passport, driver's license. I am so protective of it and I'm so protective of all my trainees that I have here when their uh, registered training organisations need their personal details, which is the USI, their unique student identification number. These sort of things are very, they're important because what people don't realise that according to Frank Abignall, if we're talking identity theft, so you've got, like this is a word that we, I believe we should be chatting about, identity theft, where someone can ch- steal your identity. For someone like myself that has accumulated wealth over in assets and whatever, someone can take a loan out in my name and, and destroy my reputation, for example. So that's just one thing. So to, for identity theft, the grandparents and parents that are posting beautiful events of their children's lives, like their first birthday, their second birthday, and their fifth birthday, and any birthday at all from any any one of us, what's happening is there can be people, and it sounds a little bit paranoia, but I just want people to be consciously aware that those, according to Frank, that those identifications can be stolen in the future. And they're more valuable the younger that person is, like a two-year-old is valuable on the black market because by the time that two-year-old reaches 18, an adult, someone who has bought that identity can pose as that person and have their identity stolen. Sounds pretty full-on, doesn't it? Definitely. (laughs) Is this something that the average person needs to worry about? Do they only target, you know, certain people? What's your thoughts? Well, I protect my identity and it's not to the um, extent of being paranoid. As Frank says, it's easy to steal an identity and it's just as easy to protect it. So he suggests that we protect those personal details like I just just said, you know, your your name, your date of birth, your address. Is, it's so easy to find. It's, it is actually easy to find when you're on different platforms, Twitter and social media and LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter. Instagram and that sort of thing. You're just weaning out information. Like as Frank says, we're sharing way too much information to pretty much, you know, there's there's corrupt people in the world and there's con artists. So it's just to be mindful. So like uh, I know, remember one of the things is like put a, if you haven't got it already, to put a lock on your letterbox to protect the, the mail that's coming in. A lot of mail comes through email, but a lot of mail comes through the post as well. So like your rates notice, for example, your bank statements, they are, they are revealing private personal information. And what annoys me really is that someone can take a bank loan out in your name without actually, you know, really like a bank is just, I have, uh, they should have a safe portal where they upload information like my accountants and banks have in the past. But there's, I don't think the technology is good enough for the world we live in today. There's certain organizations that are just not good enough as far as I'm concerned with with managing and handling our personal information, which is, you know, passports, licenses, USI numbers, you know, unique student identification numbers, all those sorts of things. So I'm just one of those pain in the neck people that uh, when someone rings me, so if it's someone ringing me and they're saying they're Telstra, because they've rung me, I don't know who they are. I'm sorry, you know, Sam from Telstra, you might be a hell of a nice guy, but I don't know who you are. And then they say to me, oh, so just checking that it's you, Alison. What's your date of birth? I go, you tell me. You rang me. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up any of my information for someone that's rung me. I don't know who they are. And I'm talking that people that ring me are from the Australian Taxation Office, and I'm pretty sure that's them. But I've just said, look, 
I'm just one of those people. I'm not going to share any of my identity with you. You need to give me your number. And then I check that that number is the ATO. I Google it. I do the reference number. It's pretty easy to find if an employee or someone representative that company is truly ringing from them because they'll give you a number and you'll know that it's Telstra number or an ATO number, Australian Taxation Office number or what have you. My dad was quite savvy and he told me on many occasions, more than once, I'm talking multiple, so he was in his 80s and he got calls from people posing as Telstra and the Australian Taxation Office. And he rings me and I say, hey, Dad, good on you for ringing me. The ATO, the Australian Taxation Office, Dad, they're not chasing you. you know. And I punch their number in and it's just one of those numbers that come up, complaints from this particular number. There's scammers, they're out there, and I just want people to be aware of these things. And they do, the vulnerable people, they say, are the young, the, the, the young people and the elderly. So, you know, for the parents that are watching and listening, well, make sure you, you grant, you, your parents, the kids' grandparents are on their game as well. Question. And don't give up your, your personal information. It's gold. Definitely. So there are some um, risks, clearly, to being active online, being on social media, making payments online. What would you say are the best strategies to... Um, protect yourself so obviously the one that comes to mind for me is two-factor authentication so when you go to log into a certain platform it'll send a code to your phone and then you need to put that in as well as your password so that if someone's got your password they still need access to your phone they can't get in and do anything malicious or nefarious Um, another one is just really being aware of what you're posting online because um, it's true when you get a call from the bank or from Optus or Telstra or whoever, they want to know your date of birth. They want to know your um, address. Dress. And yep. that's how they verify that it's you who's making a change to your plan. So you can call them up and they'll still ask you for those things. Um, so that it's not dodgy in that sense. But if they call, if someone calls you, uh, yeah, you don't want to be giving over that information. But yeah, it's just very, very strange and very interesting that places still use such outdated methods of verifying people as what's your address, what's your date of birth. Well, a lot of people have that information and it's not really, uh, it's not really hidden. That's right. And that's why I think the banks set up these passwords because when you've set up a password, that's pretty unlikely someone would be able to hack that because while we're on the subject of passwords, I don't write any password down that it's to do with accessing my bank or, I mean, there's lots of things that we, we're investing in these days. So I just memorize those numbers and I have a little system in my head and, and I work with that. So I wouldn't write it down. So that's, um, yeah, but it is absolutely true. They are way behind their times with, this tech, with the technology that's available for, you know, two-factor authentication for example, like I still receive emails today that are just like from Word. And one of my builders, the builder that deals with me, it comes through as a Word document that I can actually amend. Like I can seriously type and correct these errors that he's made in there. He doesn't send it through as a PDF even. So if it hasn't come through, if I'm paying someone for the very first time, so in other words, a subcontractor or someone that I haven't dealt with before where I haven't got their, their bank details saved in my internet banking, I would ring and speak to that person 
and say, hey, can you read me back your details Mm -hmm. and make sure that they agree to their BSB and account number? That sounds ridiculous, but I do follow High says, you know, you and I both follow Florine and he is a YouTuber and he's he's really cool actually. He puts forward current, he talks about current newspapers, the, the current issues, news that come up in the newspapers. And one particular builder got done up at 57,000 and that was just due to someone hacking into the emails and changing the BSB and the his client questioned it, well, in her head, but didn't go, oh, hey, Joe Blow. Have you happened to change your banking details? Really? So anytime I get that from a supplier, hey, just Ali, just letting you know I've changed my my banking details, first thing I do is, yep, no worries, just ringing, checking your BSB, your account number, and they go, yes. I've never been, um, haven't questioned it, but I was made aware of this by my bank manager. I have a business bank manager, and he made me aware of that years ago, at least three years ago, and it's in the notes. It's um, I've read it in the banks. You know, be careful, watch out who you're paying. So a lot of people are not aware of this. So I just thought I'd share that one as well. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. And some people have multiple banks with multiple institutions as well. So it's a cause for confirming, but not necessarily if you see someone send through an invoice that's got a different number on it that you need to panic, just call them up and ask. Uh, one thing that you mentioned in there was the PDF as well. So just to clarify um, what I would do when I would send invoices to my work, instead of um, adjusting the Word document and saving it as a PDF every time, I, would, I just downloaded a PDF editor and that's how I did it. So, you know, there, there's an idea that PDFs are more secure because they're not as easily editable, but the reality is it's very easy to use PDF editor to make changes on that. That's right. So if it hasn't come through like a platform and accounting software program, say like Zero Software, yes, which yes. is what I use, a lot of people use that and it has two-way authentication with the with those special codes. Oh, and just quickly too, you did uh, touch on, Brad, what can we do to protect ourselves is for sure is enhanced banking. So you bring your, your bank and you just ask for the enhanced banking. So you, often you have a token and it's I have a token, it's on my phone. Yeah, so it's just all those extra steps so that if you did get hacked, it's like how can they actually get money out of your account because you need that extra two-way authentication code and stuff like that. So please do not anyone give up your information willingly to someone over the phone. I won't mention who it is, but a a family member that I know very well got done up by, by a con artist that posed as Telstra and... And it's 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 because ignorance is absolutely no excuse. That's why you know I'm sharing this stuff that actually sounds common sense to me. And you thought it sounded like it was like from the dinosaur era, but I just I honestly think they you just cannot underestimate how smart con artists are. They can pose very easily as someone, and they can be very legit. They're so professional at it. This is their career. They're con artists. <laughs> their career, so they're very very good. And this particular family member who was a little bit older. She unfortunately got uh, taken by a con artist who posed as Telstra, said, <laughs> it sounds so hard to believe, but see credit cards, um, Frank Abingnail talks about credit cards being the safest thing to use online and that re- that refutes what we've said in the past about, you know, not wanting our young ones to have credit cards and what have you. We have to be very mindful of it because you, you can get into debt very quickly if you don't understand how credit works. But Frank talks about that credit cards are the safest thing to use online because if it if there's any fraudulent activity done on the credit card, 
you can, as long as you're onto it within the pretty sure it's 90 days to question and dispute the transaction. So if it's um, faulty goods or it's completely fraud, it just bounces back out of your account and then and that person that you paid has to prove that it's a legit thing. So this particular person, she was conned into turning her credit card back, um, turning it over and reading the numbers on the back, which are the same numbers as the front. It sounds so ignorant. The con artist got 6000 that day and they followed up and got another four, so $10,000 in two days, and she had not a leg to stand on. And even the con artist said, oh, as posing as Telstra, remember that. So we're just about to send you a code now. Read that code back to me. And she read the code back, and that's how she got the ten, the 6000 and then the following 4000 ripped off. And the banks, she said, it's all the bank's fault, but it, it wasn't because she fed them the information they required, which was the numbers on the back of the credit card and the code that she wow. ignorantly passed on from her phone because they were just so they cleverly disguised themselves. So I know it sounds uh, ridiculous, and and as you asked before, how many people do you know who have been scammed? And when you listen to them, you think, oh, how could you be so silly? But um, it happens. People are vulnerable. I thought it was worth sharing these sort of topics, uh, this conversation today. And definitely. And what can people do to protect themselves better? We've talked a little bit about, you know, multi-factor online um, banking yes. and transactions. Do we need to bust out the shredders for, you know, old bank statements and bills that we no longer need that, to dispose of them? Yeah, absolutely. So Frank talks about that um, in his YouTube, which anyone could look him up, talks about the shredder and there's a high quality shredder. So we're talking credit cards, shredding them up. Scott Papers, we've chatted about before, chuck them in the in the blender if they chop up. Well, no one's going to be pulling those numbers out. And shredders, like, I mean, I've got properties, so there's great ways I can destroy my documents that have awesome, that have the golden nuggets of personal information that we need to protect, right? Your address and, you know, your rates, numbers and all, all these sort of things. They can just collate because when you look at identity, when you're going to prove who you are to a JP that you have to prove who you are, you know, you pretty much have a have to JP that original passport, original driver's license. And that's what I want to see step up in this world is I want to see if anyone's taking out anyone alone in anyone's name, I think they need a statutory declaration to say, hey, that's a copy of my passport or my driver's license because they're worth 100 points. So you need to look at those point systems. But if you haven't got them, if you haven't got a passport, next thing you know, you need a Medicare card number or a rates notice. Before you know it, they've got a few identity pieces, a few documents on you. And yeah, that's what we've got to protect. So definitely use a shredder. Be very mindful and careful of your mail that's coming to your your address. So we put on locks on our letterboxes. We destroy our documents in in ways that will yeah that no one can they can discover in them and find those in, that information. Uh, also, one that I use is for those who may not realise it's your credit score. So that's your that's your name. You have a credit score, and it's very important to look after that credit score. So there's all there's um, online you can you can register for. Um, there's three that I would like to share with people if you want to get your credit report. So keep an eye on that. I use Equifax, which is quite simple. They um, you can just register who you are, and then you can keep an eye on if any if there's any fraudulent activity where someone is actually trying to take out a loan in your name or what have you, you're onto it very quickly. And you say, hey, hey, that's not me. I didn't take out a car loan. I don't have a, a car loan that I haven't paid off. 
The funny so, thing and then is you can that Equifax got hacked a few years ago. Is that right? Isn't yeah. that interesting? So that's, of course, and why wouldn't it? And Frank talks about that in his YouTube clips about social security. They got hacked in over, the, over in the US and um, that thousands of people had their social security numbers you know, stolen. So these are very important identification numbers. So you can use um, Exipirin and TransUnion. There's a few of them online. And I just, just choose to use one, keep an eye on my credit score. And you can get a report one free once a year so keep an eye out once a year, but or you can pay a small fee of once a month. And so that's just something else you can do. Uh, and uh, yeah, of course, um, I don't have a debit card, never have. And apparently they're not so safe either because if you did use a debit card online, so there must be some way of doing that. Well, that's that, what I do. So that, that's what I was going to ask, actually, because yeah. I only ever had debit cards. I was wondering mm. why they would be less secure than a credit card. Because the debit card, the funds come out of your funds. And then if you have to fight fraudulent activity from funds coming out of your debit card, it's already that come will take off way longer. It's already come off. So, yeah, so now you're chasing money from the bank and right. working them over to, say, proving fraud. So the money's gone. And that's what happened with my family Makes member who got, yeah, got um, diddled because it firstly was a credit card transaction that she gave the credit cards up. So if that's fraudulent, bang, within... A day, you'll have the, the, the that's fraudulent activity that you would report it, you would dispute it, and it would bounce back to the credit card. But because this con artist went that one step further, for some reason she transferred money into her account, her savings account, and then did a withdrawal that way, which turned out to be coming out of her savings account rather than a credit card because a credit card would have been fraudulent, disputed, and then she would have got her money back. But that's not that's not the way it played out. I so wonder- credit cards are way safer. I wonder if that might be a little bit outdated because there's been times where I've gone to purchase high ticket items where the bank has shut it down from my debit card um, and thought, you know, this is too much. This is, uh, we've locked the card. You'll have to ring us to get us to fix that up. So perhaps debit cards are safer now than they used to be. Um, just That's if it's over $1,000. If it's over $1,000, the banks will have to get um, a... A year and a half ago, I think I was two and a half grand, and uh, I, he had it all on the desk there. I went to pay, and the card was declined, and I knew I had the funds on the account, and I had to go and ring A and Z, and you know, clarify, yes, it is me at PLO yes. Computers, and I want to buy this computer. Please let me do so. Yeah, that's good because that's that a thousand dollar limit thing that they have to protect for right. those reasons for sure. Okay. But um, yeah, it's important that we update our information, and a lot of the stuff is outdated on youtube so there's yeah so we just let's just keep on the game and monitor what we're doing for sure yeah and the best thing to do when you get those uh, silly nonsense emails asking for your details is not reply delete them get rid of them yeah exactly you don't need to uh, put any energy time and energy into answering or even reading the scammers emails there is a funny um i found it quite humorous is that ted talk have you seen it yeah suspicious emails where the guy posed like he was just playing a game with the scammer and i actually yeah. think it's quite humorous because he's very it was a great delivery on the ted talk that um guy what's his name we wrote it down james v vitich vitich v-e-i-t-c-h description put a link yeah if someone wants to laugh and they've got a bit of time i just think it's quite humorous but, uh, yeah, and I had a mate that, uh, you know, that you get them on the call and it's someone ringing you to sell you something. My mate, who's quite humorous as well, he's a plumber, 
And he used to like answer the phone, just leave it on hold, go and bath the kids and just, <laughs> you just, oh, you can just have a bit of fun with it. Cause you know, obviously, as you say, it is common sense. You really feel and energetically your intuition is telling you, Hey, this is too good to be true. And if it's too good to be true, often it is. So I yeah, could just, just write be a careful. book. Be careful yes. if you do respond to them because they can cut parts of your voice up. They can um, modify what you say to some extent to get you to say things. So if you don't say anything, then you're in the safest position. That's right. I've learned that through uh, is that uh, technology that Describer uses as well, the voice oh, recognition. And when you... yeah, script, sorry, I just remember a scam where people would pick up the yeah. phone a few years ago and they'd say, is this your name? And then they'd say, yes. And that yes was then used and played back when they said, do you want to upgrade your account to this bullshit? Um, yep. And they were charging the account and they got that yes. So saying something as simple as yes to, you know, is this your name that potentially can be used against you? That's right. So we've got to, I guess the, the point, the message of today is prevention rather than cure. Let's yep. be savvy, like tech savvy. And be mindful of those two things that, um, as Frank Abingnall says, the people are after your information and your money. So let's just really take the time, be conscious, and and don't rush into it. And that, you know, this scarcity mentality—they really they hold the phone while you get your credit card. And whether it's sales people selling us online, just have that cooling off period. I, I that would be something that I because we're all about teaching lessons that they fail to teach in school, and also like um, we want to be money savvy. So we work really hard for our money. So we've got to work really hard to protect it, to, to save it and invest it and grow it. So there's a lot of influential, the, the, the salespeople are so good at it. And I get, I really feel like sometimes I get sucked into it to myself in buying something that I really didn't need because it's like a, there's a time limit on it and there's a scarcity strategy that the salespeople use. I'm thinking, you know what, if you miss out on that time, just log on to their emails and do it all again because that offer is usually there. Mm. So um, I guess it's worth mentioning that as well. So yeah, just you protect could even your call them up and say, "Will you honour that um, price that you did the other day?" They they might not, but they also might. Yeah, exactly. There's no harm in asking. Mm. <laughs> That's good. So anything else we want to add to today? So I little just had chat. one thing that came up. So about a year into my work, about five years ago, um, I had a new job. And I was paid as a contractor and the ATO, the real ATO actually did contact me and uh, they wanted to see a contract that I had to make sure that it was legit. Um, what would you say are the key things to look for to make sure that, you know, because the ATO occasionally they will call or Telstra or whoever um, and it will be them and they will be trying to uh, do something, you know, to legally make sure that you're following requirements or to uh, perhaps give you a better plan, probably not. But, you know, th they might need to contact you for something. What would you say are the things, the key things to look for? Pretty much is I don't give them any information at all, ever, never, ever when they ring me. I ring them. I need to find okay. out who they are. They've got to prove who they are first before I tell them who I am. So that is pretty much, I am, I really am a pain in the neck when they get me. I just say it to them. I just go, oh, I'm one of those people, you know, those, I, I, I know you probably tell students, you sound really lovely to who this lovely person is on the other end. 
And they just go, okay, yep, push this. This is our number. You can go online. You'll see it's Telstra. Push extension 231. This is my name. This is my ID number. They tell me this. They've got like, these are the things that Telstra said. This is this is me. This is my extension number. Mm -hmm. And then I ring back them. And then I go through the rows. And it's Telstra, push line three, option three, blah, blah, blah. And with the tax office, it's the same. And pretty much if everyone did that, there would be less fraudulent activity. But there's no way. You just cannot do it. Hmm. It's just too easy to be ripped off these days. As Frank says, it's a thousand times easier because of because of the technology that we have. And look, facial recognition, did we t- touch on that? It's quite interesting that um, within seven and a half minutes, and Frank hasn't put up too much recent information I've noticed. I don't know whether I said before that he's actually um, an agent for the FBI because he went to jail and the FBI because he was so good at hmm. what he did. They, you know, they did a deal with him. They said they got him out of jail and said, you can work for us. That you can tell a us. Or surprising yeah. amount, yeah. Yeah, so he's turned his, yeah, he, he's all good. He's all for the good of the people. And I think that he's legitimately, genuinely trying to educate people about protecting their identity. And when you said in the beginning, Brad, oh, my golly, does this sound like a far-fetched something out of a movie? This is from, a, you know, such a long time ago. I'm wondering whether that uh, when this actually happens and comes about because the technology hasn't been around all that long when you think about it if there's a one-year-old two-year-old we've got to wait for that time to pass Mm -hmm. before maybe discovering hey has there been any identity theft so i look i'm just planning the questions uh you might yeah i mean i have been called you know that sort of thing oh you're paranoid you're full-on yeah but i don't live in it i don't want to live in fear i just like to be aware and and uh, well, consciously aware so that I can avoid the pitfalls. Yeah, and I think that's my key takeaway. Be, be conscious. Uh, you don't need to be uh, afraid to post things and share. It's just what are you sharing? Why are you sharing it? Um, just ask yourself some quality questions before you post things. Um, even just setting things to friends only versus public, that helps. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. sure, your friends can get hacked or your friends can turn into identity thieves themselves but it's so much less likely than someone who is able just to see everything because you're posting globally and I, I post globally but I also don't post a lot about myself so it depends yeah, what you true. use social media for uh, a lot of different factors yeah that's so true and with snapchat you know I sometimes think I oh, like I'm a bit sus on a lot of things snapchat it's like oh it's only there for a split second or whatever it is and they can't retrieve it well of course people can screenshot but then that person knows they've been screenshotted. But I always say to my kids, don't post anything that's inappropriate on Snapchat just thinking that it's not going to be leaving a footprint because I just don't. I just feel like there's a footprint. It's in the system. It's in the cloud. And who knows, someone or sometime it might be retrieved. You should assume you have that anything, anything that you post on the internet is going to be there forever. Yeah, that's right. So even when you take it down from Facebook, yeah. you might delete photos. It's it's already up there. There's yeah. that's that's important that we know. I use Facebook just be using that as an example, but Instagram and and the like. Yeah. So I guess what I'd just like to say is like just protect your valuable asset, your name, your profile, protect your information, and protect your money. Yeah. And share those sort of inform- that information with others so you can help those more vulnerable people who are the who are the young ones and the older ones. Why not? Definitely. Thanks for watching. Share with someone who you think might find this interesting or might need to 
be made a little bit more aware of the risks and dangers of posting online and you know just get those ideas for how to be a little bit more safe with it all see you next time bye for now thanks brad see you everyone